On today's expose, I wanted to talk about Trevor Fitzroy, who we saw last week in One Man's Worth. He first appeared in Uncanny X-Men 281 in October 1991, created by John Byrne, Jim Lee, and Will Portacio. Uh, he has the power to uh, basically drain people of their life essence to open portals of time and space. Um, one thing they don't address in these episodes, uh, Kevin, is he had a little datey weighty relationship with Shard. Him and Shard uh, were together for a minute. Oh, God. <laughs> I just drew all the hopes. I got so much drool came out. Okay. Wow. <laughs> Maybe it's just me thinking about Fitzroy. He's so sexy. He is okay. sexy. <laughs> I was like, oh. I had a weird obsession with him as a kid. I had his figure and like a lot of times when you see him going through time or space, he has to wear like this protective thing, which they don't really do in the show, but it came with like the snap on protective thing to go over his head. Okay. (laughs) But um, him and Shard were together until she realized that, you know, he's not a great person. He's kind of evil. And he, to make a long story short, he went back into the past and Bishop and, um, uh, you forgot their names. We just talked about them last episode. Shard? Who? No, the other two oh, guys. Uh, Malcolm and the other XSE people. Um, they them. followed, yeah, they followed Bishop into the past, but then Bishop, um, got really mad and uh, Fitzroy became kind of his arch nemesis because Fitzroy killed both of them. He killed, it was Malcolm and Randall. So he killed them in the past and then Bishop ended up getting stuck in the past. So he was like, well, fuck, I'll just join the X-Men while I'm here. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, Fitzroy's always been just kind of a sexy, kind of very evil character to me. He eventually joined the upstarts who we've talked about, who they would like um, compete for how many mutants they could kill or manipulate. So he was right. uh, in the upstarts with Fabian Cortez, if you remember Mr. Fabian. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I go where I want to go. Gene! Scott! Gene! Welcome to this week's episode of Solving Frex. My name is Sean. I'm the ultimate excavationist. And I'm something of an X-Fan myself, Kevin. Woot! This week we are continuing on with One Man's Worth Part 2. Before we get into that, Kevin, let's find out previously on whose uh, AOA outfit did people like the most? Tell me. I don't even know. <laughs> Well, our choices were Colossus, Shadowcat, Rogue, or Gambit. Both of us said Gambit. This did not go the way I thought it was. And really? 
Yeah. I mean, the person who won, won, and that's good, but it, it was close. So with the least votes, 19%, Rogue only got six votes. That's fine. We talked about her being a little dated with the big shoulders. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, Kitty Pride came third with only seven votes, 22%. This was a smackdown between Gambit and Colossus, Kevin. And Colossus was in the lead for a while, but last second, Gambit came out ahead only by one vote. So Colossus got nine votes, 28%. Gambit got 10 votes, 31%. Amazing. Yeah. That's real close. Real close. Our Gambi still won, though, so everything's fine. It's fine. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, I just thought it was funny because personally, I thought Colossus's outfit is kind of whatever. Like he just has like the the thing over his head. That's kind of the yeah. only difference. But a lot of people really like that. So go and maybe guys. they just like Colossus. Maybe maybe they're thinking of like I like Colossus and not the outfit. <laughs> That's true. That's very true. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that was fun. I just always am curious because you know you don't always get to find those people who you can just talk to and it's nice to see what people are thinking about this little uh franchise called x-men yeah yeah (laughs) so great so uh one man's worth part two aired one week later on september 16th 1995 written by gary greenfield directed once again by larry houston (laughs) shall we get into it Yes, we shall. Let's do it. And I almost kind of wish that, like, instead of 1959, it was 1955, just for, like, a wink, wink, nod, nod to Back to the Future. We were only yeah, four years I off. know. <laughs> and Jumanji was 1995, or 1969, uh, 1969 and 1995. Interesting. Oh, yes. Interesting. <laughs> That's a hysterical number. It's hysterical. It's hysterical. <laughs> so we return to our scene on May 11th, 1959. Bishop, Shard, Wolvie, and Storm run to save Xavier, but it is already too late. The bomb easily dispatches Xavier. Ooh, he did. <laughs> yeah. The X-Men try in vain as pieces of the dorm and Xavier rain down on them. Bishop blames Wolverine. Just then the cops show up with the bartender. Ugh. Yeah, I hate the bartender. Fuck off, His bartender. His fat potato face, too. Yes. What is that? <laughs> Storm storms up a whirlwind from the heavens to engulf these misguided souls and blows them away. <laughs> Shard suggests going back to the future and then coming back minutes before to save Xavier. Ah, my head. It gets so confusing. <laughs> uh-huh. So it seems like they only have the bracelet to go back in time to where they started. I guess forward oh. in time to the future. So, so they, they can't have to change go, the date again. Yeah, until they, they have to else. go to the future and go through the original time machine to go back oh to where they goodness. started. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was just like, I don't understand. But sure, I just, I'll just follow wherever you go. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Well, I'm here to try to assuage your <laughs> your time traveling needs. <laughs> it uh, it made me laugh though because when I was looking up things about the show, it did tie in 
to Charmed. Like they brought up Charmed and time travel and creating a shield. So I was like, it's so funny how these shows are so intertwined. (laughs) It's like you and me are meant to come together. We are. talk about the players. I know. (laughs) I do enjoy what Wolverine calls the bartender. He calls him a no-neck redneck. (laughs) (laughs) No-neck redneck. I can't even say it. No-neck redneck. Don't call me racist. I don't know. I don't know. (laughs) But yeah, crazy. Yeah. Uh, Back in the alternate future of 2055, our foursome noticed the future has changed. Shard is worried Forge may not even exist. Just then, alternate Forge appears, but he doesn't recognize our merry mutants, our band of merry mutants. Bishop tells Forge they're fighting for a better world. Shard tells Bishop to stop yelling at Forge, and instead, she yells at him. (laughs) It's my turn. (laughs) He looks different. (laughs) The Merry Mutants boot up their time machine. It triggers the Sentinels coming. A fight breaks out. Storm is shot out of the air again. Bishop takes out the Sentinel dick first, because, you know, he's got a big one, and asks Forge to help once more. (laughs) Look at those nuts and bolts. <laughs> so this very much reminded me of the Days of Future Past movie. Like ever since finding out that um, Brian Singer based a lot of the movies on mm-hmm. the TV show, I'm like, you totally just stole the scene, didn't you? <laughs> Do you yeah. remember the scene I'm talking about? Uh, I think I saw that movie twice. I don't remember. <laughs> It's in the beginning. Um, they are about to send Wolverine oh. to the past. Oh, so it's when they're all fighting and stuff? Yeah, and it's like Bishop, Blink, Storm uh, is there. Warpath Storm, is there. Yeah. Iceman. And yeah, they're all fighting the Sentinels as they're trying to send Wolverine back. And they're okay. like, if we succeed, none of this will happen. So it's very much the same. Yeah, nice. I remember that. Yeah. And just to point out, the forge right here, right now, Age of Apocalypse Forge. <laughs> Ta-da, there we go. Love it. <laughs> T-I-double-go-er. Okay. <laughs> but we're not here to talk about Tigger. <laughs> right. <laughs> All right. After Wolverine is banged up, taking down the last Sentinel, Storm Mwamwa's on him. <laughs> Meanwhile, the time machine is damaged. <laughs> Do you like the Mwamwa's? I was like, I was like what is that? Like, oh, like, oh, kissy, kissy. <laughs> kissy, kissy. Kissy, kissy, Christmas room. <laughs> <laughs> Which reminds me, there was that scene uh, in the last episode when Storm was flying through the windows and the couple was kissing and they're like, oh, it's coming out the window. Don't let us hear see. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> the last I, remember episode. That. <laughs> I don't know why I just thought about it now, but there you go. Yeah. <laughs> I know. It's been a whole week since we recorded that, Kevin. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Forge is afraid if he fixes the time machine, more Sentinels will come. If I fix it, they will come. Bishop <laughs> pressures him to fix it fast. Forge gets to work. So I was thinking, this is 2055. So this is like 60 years after, 61 years after we've met Forge with X-Factor. How old is this man? (laughs) (laughs) That's, you know, he He may very well be as old as you, Professor. (laughs) Yeah, he probably made some sort of tech to like preserve his youth. (laughs) Or like age at a slower rate. Yeah. 
Yeah. All right. Scene four. Back at bad guy camp, Fitzroy and Nimrod show Master Mold what they have accomplished. It's crazy that this Master Mold is just still around doing stuff. Uh, yeah. Master Mold wants to know what happened to our four friends. Fitzroy says they can't do anything. <laughs> They're just a four people. We have the whole <laughs> world. <laughs> just, <laughs> just then, Master Mold gets a report that the four are still alive and in the future. They can't do anything, you say? Bitch, no. You lied to me. <laughs> he's like, so go get them. And then he's like, leave us. And he's like, oh, wait. Come back here, little uh, Nimrod thing. And he's like, okay. When they finish the mission, eliminate them. Oh, gasp. Fitzroy <laughs> hangs outside Master Mold's door long enough to hear it demand Fitzroy and Bantam's death once they complete their mission. Ooh, they're in the know. They don't know they're in the know. Oofta. They don't know. We know they know we know. So, yes. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, so we didn't really talk about it last week, but Fitzroy has made a deal that he will help Master Mold take out Professor X to ensure that they make a shitty future in order to kill all mutants, leaving Fitzroy as the only mutant left with power. That's ridiculous. What? (laughs) What? Why? Why do you want to be the... Oh, that pisses me off. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> why i don't understand why you want to be the only mutant yeah this isn't like the strongest plot to me either for fitzroy i think it could have been more yeah. exciting i feel like he could he have was... better motivations that make a little bit more sense because really <laughs> yeah i think he should have been working with apocalypse or something like that yeah <laughs> oh well oh well oh well Back at Forge's pad, Forge works through the night. Our four heroes offer their help by shouting at Forge from the sidelines. <laughs> Sentinels show up to break up the party. The four engage in battle. The X-team easily dispatch the Sentinels, and as a reward, Nimrod shows up. And then Fitzroy and Bantam. The time machine starts working again. Storm goes through, but Shard is shot. She urges Bishop and Wolverine to go without her, and they jump into the portal. So this is where they're like, Shard tells them, if you fix the past, you fix what happens to me. So that's why she's like, I'm betting all on you. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And I do also like this as kind of a nod to, like, Shard dies. Like, Mm -hmm. if you know from the comics, this is our payoff in the show as well. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. We return once more to Bard College. Bard College. Yeah, that's where they. That's where he is. Okay. <laughs> on, on, on May eleventh, nineteen fifty-nine, Wolverine shares his condolences for Shard. Bishop reveals she's his sister. <laughs> you failed to save thy friends, just as thou <laughs> failed to save thy sister. <laughs> <laughs> um, Bishop pulls up a hologram left to him by Fitzroy. Hmm. Yeah, so we don't see what it is yet. We just see that Fitzroy like implanted a hologram into his yeah. bracelet, which was interesting. So, yeah. mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 
Meanwhile, elsewhere, that's literally what it said in the show. Meanwhile, elsewhere, back at Rip Van Winkle's coffee house, the bartender six Moose and Rocco on Wolverine. Huh, familiar. <laughs> the professor runs out, but this time runs into Wolvie Bishop and Storm from the future. <laughs> this is where it starts getting hard to explain. Yeah, so how so, many of them are in this timeline right now? So right now there's two versions. Okay. So there's the version that stayed at the coffee house and was fighting. And there's the version that Professor X runs into. Yeah. Okay. This is very Back to the Future 2 to me where we get to see the plot of the first one played out again from yeah. a different point of view. Mm-hmm. All right. They take Xavier to the college where they show him how he dies in the splody. Storm begs Xavier to read their minds. Again, he sees the truth. Again. But he <laughs> finds Wolverine doesn't want the mission to succeed. In walks Cindy, Xavier's friend. Wolverine smells Cindy, who doesn't smell like Cindy, because she's Nimrod! Oh, the... Scary. Scary. <laughs> Yeah, and I do like that. Um, I guess it is nice that they made it Master Mold and Nimrod because at least we're getting familiar villains yeah. and more story. The people that, but... It's like the Terminators are remade to start, try again. Yeah, that's true. But yeah, Fitzroy's little plot could have been stronger on to why he was doing this. <laughs> yeah. So... Wolvie, Storm, and Bishop go into battle with Nimrod. They blow him up again. <laughs> blow him together. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Nimrod starts to reconstruct. As Nimrod is about to take out Wolverine, Bishop blasts Nimrod's time bracelet, unlinking him from his time. Hmm. Fitzroy and Bantam show up and throw a trap for Xavier, trapping the mutants. Bishop shows Fitzroy his future hologram, pleading to past Fitzroy to stop, or Master Mold will screw them all. So you need to save all the mutants to save yourself. Storm shows Fitzroy their past selves coming to see Xavier. They convince him to take down the shield. Yay. So the bracelets... So just to be clear what they do, because if I go back in time... And I, let's say, kill Hitler, then it's going to affect all of our memories to where Hitler's not a big deal because he's been killed. So yeah, with the so bracelets be significant. Do, yeah, because he wouldn't have been significant. But the bracelets make it so you retain your spot in time. So you're aware of any changes that are happening. Yeah. He said something like, while you wear them, you exist outside of time. So what you have all the memories of what you've done so far. Um, and t- until you take off the bracelet, then you'll, you won't like go back to your current, you know, state of existence, your current timeline where you belong. You'll still be on like the outskirts. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I've always found that funny in like time movies when they remember like, Oh, everything's different. I'm like, you wouldn't remember because no. <laughs> it's a different right. past now. <laughs> yeah. Cause you joined the timeline. Yeah. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah. <laughs> Except for when they make it where, like, nothing changes in your immediate present. It just makes another, like, path. Right. Yeah. Different reality. Mm-hmm. 
All right, we're getting into some everything, everywhere, all at once shit now. Like this Real. is going everywhere. Real. Yeah. <laughs> all right, with the shield down, Wolverine thinks fast and throws the bomb, saving Charlie and themselves. The past versions of the X team disappear. Bantam saves Fitzroy from Bishop. Fitzroy absorbs Xavier's strength and he opens a portal to the future. You'll be fine in a few days. <laughs> yeah. So now, so since since they saved Xavier, the past versions, oh, it's giving me a headache. The past <laughs> versions disappeared because they never had to go back to save him since he was saved. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Ooh. But then if they never went back to save him, then he wouldn't have been saved. I know. <laughs> but yeah, this is where Yeah, and that's interesting too that the past versions are wearing the bracelets, but they are affected. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'll stop talking about it. <laughs> <laughs> Left alone in the past, Bishop marvels at how Xavier can be so important to the future. Storm and Wolverine come together for Love Love Time. They wonder what will happen to them now that their future is erased. Bishop tells them once their bracelets run out of juice in a few days, when Xavier wakes up, they'll be absorbed into the state, into the time stream. Bishop bounces. Storm and Wolverine embrace as they shut down their bracelets, ready for oblivion. They kiss, kiss like magic, <laughs> as the memories of the future slowly erase along with them. Oh, this is heartbreaking. My heart. I know, and I'm like, I'm almost like, would it have been better for them just to live out a few days in the past? Or, like, is it better just to get it over with? Yeah. I mean, for the show's sake, it's better to see it happen. But, yeah. Right, we need need to get a move on. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But, yeah. And it's almost like, I don't know, I wonder what happens to them. Do they just revert to the Wolverine and Storm we know? Or do they just wash away in the time stream? Yeah. That's a Mm. question. Hmm. Back in the present, but the good normal Xavier, he's, but the good one, like he's still Mm -hmm. alive. Storm and Wolverine are having a picnic together. Storm gets the idea that Wolverine is flirting with her. Oh, you naughty boy. (laughs) Xavier watches from afar and reflects on the Mohawk and X-Force versions of Storm and Wolverine. Almost like he remembers that they helped him when he was younger. Oh. It's like, you look like friends I knew once upon a time. Yeah, so I wonder, like, how would that change his perceptions of when he was, like, forming the X-Men? Do you think he would have been gone out of his way to, like, recruit Storm? Is that how he found her? Exactly. Yeah, because he saw her worth. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, fun episode. We also went through that really quick because this is like a very action-heavy episode because we get most of the story in part one. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So real straightforward. Yeah. So I guess we give our listeners, our sexy exes, the gift of a shorter episode this week. <laughs> yeah, that's okay. That's okay. It'll just, be, it'll just be more amped up for the next one. Yeah. You want more? Give me more. Yeah. Ooh. All right, Brittany. <laughs> uh, so, did you like this episode? 
Yes. <laughs> yes, I did. A good continuation. Yeah, and same emotional, when, same featurey things. Yeah, it's a really nice um, ending to what we began last episode. I feel like episode one, like, gave us a good amount of story to where we can really see the stakes and see what bad could happen if they don't succeed. So they did a good job in building this up, and I think it has a worthwhile ending to it, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm extreming it. Extreming it, for sure. Yay! I just love when you love my show, especially my favorite episodes of this show. Ooh. <laughs> oh my! <laughs> it's so cool. Okay, and I love that you've extremed it, even though Cyclops isn't even. In I it. know, I know. <laughs> I was. That's the one thing I was bummed about. Like, come on, this is like doing what the movies did to him. Just sidelining him. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I guess Wolverine does mention him. I'm assuming Dr. Summers is Cyclops since he yeah. calls Jean Grey the nurse. So right. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. But, but I guess they didn't you know, have time to throw him in. <laughs> it's it's fine. He, we had that Cyclops like solo story. So it's fine. Oh, that abomination. I oh. know you don't like it, but it's fine. <laughs> it's fine. Um, who would you say is the MXP? Oh, <laughs> I put my sexy Fitzroy. <laughs> Fitzroy? Yes, I love him. I love him. I love his hair. I love his facial hair, his little goatee. I love his open shirt. I just want to like uh, make many things with him. Um, but <laughs> he's beautiful. And I'm choosing him because he had the four thought to warn his past self and he took the actions to save the day and make and you know team up with them and do as they say okay okay um you make a really good <laughs> argument he's close to my number one but i'm actually giving it to shard because i oh. feel like without her sacrifice uh bishop would never have left her and she like banked everything on like my brother will be there for me That's true. So i thought that was very powerful Mm-hmm. Good. Mm-hmm, nice. Mm-hmm. Did you see Kang? <laughs> no. Good. He wasn't no, in no, it. No. <laughs> <laughs> what was your um, X Factor? <laughs> Typical plur timelines alternate dimensions alternate <laughs> realities offshooting things I mean this is typical of X-Men it's typical of comic books in general like this is just what they do <laughs> Yeah. I mean, it creates more characters because if we didn't have yeah. alternate dimensions, like we would never have gotten Miles Morales, who is now like that's true, such a cool Spider-Man, and mm-hmm. like Rachel Gray or Rachel Summers, whichever name she's going by right now, <laughs> we wouldn't have gotten her either, which is cool. Yeah. yeah. Um, I said, and it took me a lot to not say this for the first episode, but I saved it for this one. The Storm and Wolverine romance. I love it so much. <laughs> they are really cute. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like I do feel like the writers saw them in this episode, and that's what made them want to make them in, a couple in the comics. And they made them work so well, and they love each other so much, and you could see that in their sacrifice. So I just love the way it was handled here. I'm thinking about X-Men the end all of a sudden, you know, because they were a couple in that. And Storm has, like, couldn't move or something. She was, like, in that weird, like, like her body was in a 
round thing floating in the water. Do you remember that? Why couldn't oh, she I move? Don't. I don't remember. I read X-Men The End, but it was so long ago, yeah. I can't remember. <laughs> it was almost like she was her body was paralyzed or something, and she could still used her powers, but she like was like floating in a little silver tub thing. And Wolverine was just like, Storm my love. <laughs> so, <laughs> just like that, know. huh? Yeah. Storm my love. <laughs> Storm my love. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. I don't know. This came to me. <laughs> Fun. I didn't know you've read some of the comics. <laughs> yes, girl. I have them over there in the back. Stop it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I read some stuff. <laughs> so, for this week's question... Not as heavy hitting as some of our other questions, but I just kind of want to know, like, what era would you want to live in? 50s, 60s, 70s, or 80s? That's such a cool question. (laughs) You can see Rennick in all of them. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, you can. (laughs) It's similar to what you asked on uh, Words of the Witches. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Oh, what would I go to, though? Oh, man. Oh, man. I mean, I know we talked about in Witchstock episode of Charmed how we were like the 60s because we like free love and no diseases or little diseases, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? No AIDS. So, um, but the 80s are super nice and cool. Hmm. 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 Where should I go? I'm going to do the 70s but the difference so i can have a little bit maybe i can (laughs) (laughs) live vicariously a little bit through each of the other ones around me (laughs) you know what's funny is i had um a similar thought at first i was like oh totally the 80s and then i was like oh that's like the time of AIDS. like that's just such a scary time for a gay person so I also went with the 70s just because, like, we got disco going on. We got, like, mm-hmm. hippies. We got free love. Like, I think that's the time to be. And the mustache was everywhere, you yes. know. <laughs> <laughs> Bad hairstyles, but I don't care. It was fun. Give us some Brady Bunch, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I'm interested to see what our listeners pick. Cool. So that brings us through One Man's Worth. We finally got to Sean's, you know, some of his favorite episodes. I'm glad you enjoyed them as well. And without asking you, I already know you know it's up because next week we start Proteus Part 1, oh. which you have a lot of memories from. Yeah, for some reason this sticks in my brain. I just remember him glowing and running into buildings through the night. Yeah, and like I Proteus. remember his name is Kevin, so that'll be fun. Oh, that's right. That's right. <laughs> Kevin. <laughs> Stop it, Kevin. <laughs> oh, it's going to be great. I can't wait. It's going to be great. <laughs> cool. So, Kevin, uh, where can people find you? <laughs> yeah. You can follow my personal Instagram at kgz87 and you can find Sean and I on the other podcast, Words of the Witches. Yay! You can <laughs> find me on our reunion episode of uh, Once Upon a Cult, where the four of us get together and talk about the whole show on our last episode. You can find me on Marvelous Galaxy of Disney. Or you can find my book on Amazon, which is Brew A Dream of Waking. Yeah. 
Ta da! Amazing. Ta-da. Thank you for listening. We'll see you next week. See yous.